Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am is our turn on by it. Hart Slahowski? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to the Tell Us More podcast. In typical Marissa fashion, she didn't plug the mics in. And why is she still in charge of this? I don't know, but you I just trust you every time you that you're should. gonna do it. And then you don't. <laughs> but I still believe in you. Uh, I've I've proven every single time I am not to be trusted with plugging in the mics, and you but still let I me do still it. Still I'm just, you know, maybe this time. <laughs> maybe, maybe this time. time. She'll get that. How many chances am I going to give her? You, you know what? I give you endless chances. I also thought that I was doing something next weekend, but it's October that we have a full sketch. I thought that you were doing a wedding on the 15th. Oh, I'm doing the wedding on the 15th, which is this weekend. <laughs> During the day. Yep. So at night you'll be free. I had a dream that the wedding went really bad. Like I had a nightmare. It was horrible. I just remembered it. Well. It really made me uncomfortable. Now I'm sad. I'm, I'm scared. So sorry. Nervous. I don't know. Lots oh, well. of things. I think you're still going to do great. Hopefully. You're going to do fantastic. You're going to make money and then we're going to celebrate. If anybody needs their makeup done for their wedding, Hannah is a certified makeup artist. Yeah. Um, she does makeup. Went to school. Went did to school. that. Also did special effects makeup. Zombie pub crawl. Hell yeah. Bookings are happening fast. Oh my god. That's kind of a genius idea. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, good. Great. Great. Um, welcome. 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 You're back with Marissa. And Hannah. And this is season two, episode three. Uh, Are you going to keep track of every episode? I think it might be my thing now. Oh, I think I might announce it every time. a bold move because I feel like I lose track <laughs> immediately. I already forgot this was the third oh, one. Oh, it's the third. I had to think about it for a second, but this is the third episode. Um, so I follow this girl on Twitter and she's she's a comedy writer and I was just like, you know, she's, she's really funny. Mm -hmm. I want to like learn more about her. So today we will be discussing Emmy nominated comedy writer Megan Amram. I don't know her. Do you don't know her? You don't follow her on Twitter? I don't think so. You got to follow her on Twitter. You're going to want to after this. Okay, I'm done. Yes. All right. So she was born on September 3rd in 1987 in Portland. She's really close with her mom, but she does not speak to her dad. And that resonates <laughs> really hard with me. That's that's a that's a deep set resonation right there. I feel like you to this Yeah, person. I have no idea. Um, so she has, a, and she has a twin brother. So and apparently growing up, she was really nerdy and he was the funny one. Sorry, I just hit my mic with my titty. <laughs> my titty. My titty. <laughs> um, so yeah, growing up, she was the nerdy one, nerdy one, and her twin brother was the funny one. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "I want to be a doctor," and she was like, mm, "Well, I want to be funny then. Let's switch. You're just gonna be yeah." They serious. They basically did just like switch. She was like, "Well, I'm the smart one, and if you want to be the smart one now, I'm oh, gonna be funny then." I love it. Yeah, I love the attitude. And she apparently trading, she, uh, trading places, trading moments. places. Uh, and according to this article I read on Alma.com, she didn't crack a joke until she was. 17. I like that. We have the documented day. I do. <laughs> she was 17. She was 17. Immediately on the 17th birthday, she was like, I'm no uh, funny. I'm here for the jokes. I'm here for the jokes. Here's my first one that I've ever said. <laughs> my first one ever. I've never, ever made a joke before. Right. She's like regressing. Like she was Benjamin Button. She was super old, too old to make a joke, and then just kept getting younger and was like, my youth, I'm funny now. I love it. Yeah. Benjamin Buttoning of comedy. Yes, it's the That's Benjamin fantastic. Buttoning of comedy. 
Um, so she still went to Harvard, though. She's still smart. Like, she still went to Harvard, and she studied psychology. Jesus. Um, don't worry, she still worked on her writing. And she said uh, when she was going there, so this is about Harvard that mm -hmm. she said this, it was super great to practice writing in a place where you're free to fail, but also free to try a lot of different things. Which to me says she was never not funny because like it's Harvard and failed right. is not no, a synonym no, in no. my book. I don't think that's... That's not a thing. No. Nope. Fail and Harvard do not coincide. You, can, you just really, they really just let you express yourself at Harvard. Right. And I feel so. like I know I didn't go to Harvard, but from like what I've heard over the past hundreds of years... I feel like that's frowned upon. It's totally... We don't fail at Harvard. That's... I just... I would wish I was that smart ever to, like, know, go right? to Harvard. Just even at one subject. I wish I was yeah, just no. really good at something. I'm, like, mediocre at literally everything. everything. Mediocre and below. Yeah. Imagine being, like, a, you could just, like, you're the exact same person you are now, but you could just, like, whip up a math equation, like, right. without trying. I would be, like, the math girl. <laughs> like, Marissa. <laughs> she like, does math. Anybody have any problems? Marissa can solve She's them. Also, what if I was just, like, really good at crossword puzzles? Like, that was I my thing. Like you could do it. Why not? You should start doing I love Like, the New puzzles. York Times crossword yeah. puzzles. Like, the hard Ken ones. Ken does that? My dad? Oh, of course. Well, he might not do the hard ones. I don't know. He does one in the Star Tribune. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So, and I'm talking about the New York Times. Well, I feel like they have that one. Don't they cross-produce? I don't know. Now we're talking about the politics of, of crossword puzzles. The hierarchy of crossword puzzles. You should get into them. I'm gonna They're be, fun. I'm going to be that person that's just, like, is just really randomly good at crossword. So many crossword puzzle apps on my phone. Wow. I'm not kidding. I'm just going <laughs> to take a deep dive. Um, so she graduated from Harvard in 2010, and her first writing gig was to write for the Oscars in 2011. Oh. So that was her first casual. one. A casual start to our writing resume. You know, sometimes you just fall into the Oscars. Sometimes you just write for the Oscars <laughs> a year after you graduate college. It happens to all of Normal. us. Normal. Um, she's written for The Kroll Show, Transparent, oh Children's Hospital, The Simpsons, Silicon Valley, and she was the head writer for five episodes of Parks and Rec, which is apparently what she's like most known for. Holy shit. Um, and she currently writes for The Good Place, and apparently she's responsible oh, for every single food pun restaurant name on the show. So, like, I've never seen the show, so I'm not, I on don't... On The Good Place? Yeah. Um, my mom has watched it, but I don't. So maybe she'll... Yeah. Most people say it's really, really good, and it's on Netflix. So I'm going to watch it now that I know she writes yeah, for it. Yeah, that is... And I think it's interesting she wrote for Parks and Rec, and then now writes for them, because that makes me want to watch it, because I I just, yeah, I really love her. And I'm not sure what the... What's her name again? It's Megan Amram. Okay. Yeah. Some of the food puns are penne for your thoughts, <laughs> ramen on empty, and donut you want me baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if like food puns, food puns must be like a thing yes, on the show. Yes, probably. But I, so now I'm going to have to watch it and I'll get back to you. Yes. <clears throat> or maybe Liz will now. I love a good pun. I love a reoccurring joke in a show as well, like all oh, the yeah. food puns. Oh, you're going to really love her if you love reoccurring jokes. Oh my god, it's my favorite kind of joke is a callback joke. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <clears throat> so she also published a book in 2015. Casually. Called Science for Her. <laughs> and I really want it because it's like it's like this huge satire. You know how we're just so terrible at doing things, and she discovered the reason women are so bad at doing things is because we don't know science. Oh my god. Right. She's cracked it. Exactly, she cracked the code. Um, she said, we've all been there. You're in your cute little car singing along to Firework by Katy Perry, and suddenly you've mowed down six pedestrians and a family of geese. Here's the thing. It's not your fault. 
Due to your inherently poor grasp of physics, there's no reason that you should be able to drive. Oh my god. So she wanted to give us a crash course in the fundamentals of science we should have mastered in school but didn't because we were daydreaming about shoes. Oh my god. I want this. Right. Me too. Uh, And a review from Amazon states... It's one of the funniest, most subversive books of the year. Megan Amram, a writer for Parks and Rec, delivers a politically, scientifically, and anatomically incorrect textbook (laughs) that will have women screaming with laughter and men dying to know what the noise is about. (laughs) First of all, I love that that's just a random review from Amazon, or is that like a legit... That's a review from Esquire magazine. Okay, thank you. (laughs) So that's like, that's that's the official review. I thought it was, like, some random, like, middle-aged woman that went on and read this book and was like, I need to write a review on Amazon. And if that were just a random middle-aged woman, she would need to write a book. I would want her book. Same. Okay. It makes more sense that it was an Esquire, but Mm -hmm. also, I still want to read it. Oh, yeah, no, I still I also want all middle-aged women to read it. I want all middle-aged women to write reviews on Amazon. I also love a dedication to a bit. And just doing it constantly, even when people, like, even if you think people are going to get tired of it, you still do it, because it's, like, a joke to you. Yes. And she does this a lot. So, like, for example, she posts this... very on-brand for you. Oh, my God, right. That's probably why I love her so much, because she just is me, but a better version, a Harvard version. We're gonna... (laughs) She's the Harvard version of me. You're the Midwest version. I'm the Midwest unsuccessful version of Megan Amram. you went to Eau Claire. No, I didn't. You went to Stout? Yes, I did. <laughs> you went to a Wisconsin school. I went to Wisconsin. I usually stop after University of Wisconsin and I, I mumble like Stout. I went to the University of Wisconsin. Stout. And I graduated with honors. So, you know. Good job. Oh, my God. I can't say that. I emphasize what I emphasize. I like it. Right? I'm sure the University of Kansas was a much harder school. No. I mean, it was. It wasn't hard to get it into, but it was It was hard. It wasn't Stout. Oh, well, no, I'm not saying it was easy. No, I didn't mean it was harder than stout. I just meant hard in general. Mm. But that's why a lot of people dropped out. So my emphasis is that I didn't drop out. You didn't I out. got my fucking degree. You got your fucking degree. You didn't drop out. And neither did you. And you graduated with honors. There you go. Uh, anyway, so like every Thursday, every single Thursday, she posts the same picture. It's just a selfie of her. Just Does she retake the picture? Nope, it's the same picture. The same it is literally picture. the same picture every right. throwback Thursday. And oh, every throw okay, got it. Every throwback Thursday. Got it. And every day. Every single day she tweets, Today was the day Donald Trump finally became president. Okay. <laughs> just Every day. Ooh, rough stuff. Every single day. Um, she also writes for the New Yorker sometimes, mm-hmm. and a fan favorite is called Jared Kushner's Harvard Admissions Essay. And it goes... It goes <laughs> She's so funny. Mm-hmm. It goes, Dear Harvard, how are you? I hope you are well. My name is Jared Kushner, and I would like to go to you. As an example of how smart I am, here is some money. <laughs> I heard from my daddy and my friend's daddies that you are a big house for smart good boys. I am a good boy. I am nice, and my face is very smooth. Would you like a $100 bill? It has Benjamin Franklin on it. He is silly because he only has hair on the sides, not on the top. Here are some of him. Yep. <laughs> this is his essay. Um, she also writes, a, uh, she also still like uses Tumblr. The article that I read that says she's still what active on Tumblr. <laughs> making it seem like Tumblr like isn't a thing right. anymore, and how, like, oh, wow, so niche. She still wow. uses Tumblr. She still uses Tumblr. I could never figure out Tumblr. It never oh made God. sense to me. Tumblr's like my fave. 
it's like Reddit kind of. It's like Reddit for our general, like, I feel like we just missed Reddit. Yeah. Like, I still go on, I still, I love Reddit, but, like, all the shit always ends up on Tumblr, too. Mm -hmm. So it just starts on Reddit. See, I'm so bad at Tumblr that I just read posts that BuzzFeed screenshots, and it's, like... I think you would love Tumblr. I was never able to figure it out. It's all the memes. Memes. I don't know. Meme Central. Meme Town. Meme Meme Town. Meme City. Meme City. That's literally just on the Wikipedia page for Tumblr. (laughs) Meme City. Meme City. Meme City. No, but I feel like, also, it's just, like... It was it was originally like having your own blog was the whole like jam. Right. I could just never figure out. I just always found fun, funny pictures and then retweeted or repost them. Yeah. I just couldn't figure it out for some reason. I didn't know like who to follow and like what. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just for some reason didn't make sense to me. And now you use it for. <laughs> Makes me feel less dirty. Which I feel like is what a majority of. Tumblr users use it for. At least I'm not the only one. I definitely not. I, I mean, the people <laughs> the people you're watching are clearly in the porn community. <laughs> the Tumblr porn community is a large sect. And that's the only reason I still have a Tumblr is because I feel dirty just Googling it. So I just go what on to Tumblr. What would you Google? Just like porn? Would you Google like lesbian porn? <laughs> <laughs> is that a personal question to ask you what you would Google if you had to <laughs> Google porn? <laughs> I would probably, I, I have Googled, I just, I just Googled. I'm just curious, this is not, I'm not trying to make you embarrassed. I Googled, guy eating girl out. Nice, just direct, direct to the point, direct. like, I love it. I always go for, like, a vague, like, uh, Porn. Like, a, like a threesome. A sex We never time. know what's gonna happen. I mean, I've Googled the a threesome once or twice. I just feel like. It's more of like, oh, it's my secret. Like, oh, I just stumbled on it on Tumblr. On Tumblr. I just, oh, I have a Tumblr. And, oh, my God, porn. And I guess I'll take my pants off. It makes you feel slightly better because you're like, oh, I mean, I'm I just was sitting on Tumblr. Not, I was just sitting on Tumblr. It's not like business. I Googled guy eats girl. Cleaning my vibrator. But side note, my therapist and I talked about vibrators for like 20 minutes last time. That is very foreshadowing yeah. is what I have to tell you right now. Oh, my God, good. I'm so excited. Now she, I have to do a certain one for a Good. She wrote yeah. down all, like, the high-quality good ones that I should look oh into and, like, what condoms to use. And apparently, just a PSA, if you open a condom and it has a weird smell to it, you're not supposed to use it. Like, Trojan is actually the worst condom brand to use because it's it's just filled with all these chemicals that, like, aren't good for your What's vagina. A, what constitutes a weird smell for... A rubbery smell. When you open oh, it up, like, condoms are... condoms right, like rubber. Not supposed to. You're not supposed. That's so what? bad for your vagina. And uh, she told me to go to the Smitten Kitten, which is just oh, hey, down, that's the street. Right down the street. Yeah, I want to go. Th- someone, I think someone that brains know owns that. And the one who had the pure romance. Someone brains party. Oh, it's either Angie's friend oh, or like someone from pure. Yeah, they oh, own Smitten Kitten. Apparently, it's a feminist yeah, um, yeah. shop. Yeah. So now everybody go to those. Every woman that you may be. Slightly embarrassed about learning about sex or sex toys. Just go to the Smitten Kitten. It's a feminist shop. There's no, like, creepy dudes there. It's yeah. it's super knowledgeable. Whatever. Okay, anyway, Tumblr porn. No, but what was I... There was a point. She told you to go to Smitten Kitten. Oh, was that the end of this? That was the end of the story. Okay. As yeah. Ange would say from the Pure Romance Party, you're taking it from mild to long. <laughs> Not to say that your mental thing is mild, but like now things are getting crazy. Taking it from Catholic to yeah, to, 
non-shaming. Uh, so she has a Tumblr, and she writes stuff like apologetic libs, uh, which she describes as a fun, easy... F- <laughs> a fun, easy-to-use format if you, a public figure, is dragged into an apology for a destructive history of sexual harassment or assault. So instead of, like, ad-libs, yeah, they're apologetic I, yep, libs. Yep, I got it. <laughs> for anybody. I'm here for it. listeners that may I love it. Um, she has a YouTube channel with only four videos on it, and one of them is Help Me, Ag- Megan Amram, Get on Glee. And it's just her, so she just presses play to We Built This City and just starts smearing red lipstick all over her face. No talking, no That's singing. Her glee. That's her Glee audition? Yep, just for five minutes. Mm-hmm. For the duration of the song, she I like this girl. grabs red lipstick and just rubs it on her face. I love her. I I'm lo- a large fan. I'm a huge fan. She's so funny. She also has one called Ann Coulter. Please pre-order my book, Science for Her. And the description is, Dear Ann Coulter, my name is Megan Amram, and my female science textbook, textbook is what she calls it, because she's dumb. Mm-hmm. My female science textbook. Science for Her comes out November 4th. I think we think a lot alike in a lot of ways. Our cycles of racism have synced. Oh my and God. I'd be and I'd love for you to pre-order it, babe. Jesus Christ. And obviously she's joking. It's a right, really right, funny video right. to watch. Like watch that video. Um Okay, and so, and then recently she created a web series called An Emmy for Megan because she just, she wanted to win an Emmy. I love it. She just decided she needed an Emmy. Uh, And this series is all about her quest to win an Emmy by meeting the minimum standards to qualify for an Emmy nomination. Yes. Uh, The category was Outstanding Actress in a Short Film, or in a Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. And she submitted it on the very last day that you could. Perfect. It's six episodes, and she was nominated for it. For so she did end up getting nominated for an Emmy, and she was also nominated for producer in the outstanding short form comedy or drama series category. Um, That's so she didn't kind even. She, she was nominated. She <laughs> went for one Emmy nod, and she got two. Because it's Megan Amram. That's amazing. Right. Um, did you watch her the Emmy series? It was yeah, good. I, I did. I did. You so it. <clears throat> it was funny. Uh, so she got the idea because she was watching the Emmys and she heard of this category and was like, I want, I decide, I want that. Yeah. I, I am Goal-oriented. going to get an Emmy. And the minimum qualifications are it has to be uploaded by April 27th, it has to be scripted, and it has to be six episodes under 15 minutes. That is the bare minimum and that is what she did. That's kind of amazing. And in the series, so, <clears throat> and she started filming on April 7th, by the way. When did you submit it? It had to be in by April 27th. She started filming on April 7th. Cool. So. A fresh 20 days. <laughs> a fresh 20 days. And so the first episode, because she has a bunch of different, like, celebrities on each mm-hmm. episode. And she plays a satirical version of herself, obviously. And she had um, an actress on the first episode, and she's telling this actress about how she wants an Emmy. And the girl's like, but you're not. You're not an actress, Megan. And she was like, acting is just writing for your mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the first episode was all like her friend being like, why are you doing this? And she was like, I just like need it. And then she starts like fake crying and then grabs like eye drops and was like, I'm crying. I'm very passionate. I want an Emmy. (laughs) And then she starts like, she pretends to just start drinking and everybody's like, Megan, like, what are you doing? And she was like, I just like you guys. I need an Emmy. Oh my God. And it's just... That's just the first episode. How do I view this? It's on uh, Vimeo. Oh, okay. And then the second episode is her manager being like, so Megan, 
you're actually pretty fat oh and God. you can't have an Emmy. <laughs> so I got you a trainer. And she's like, oh my God, okay. And then she like works out and then her manager calls and is like, JK, they want someone with curves. And she was like, perf. And then just like starts eating a cake. Like oh it's literally yes. all about her quest to get an Emmy yes. in a satired version. It's fantastic. It's actually really funny. Um, and then she, <laughs> she bought billboards. She bought for to advertise herself. Oh my herself. god, I've seen it. It's for I've seen them. The for your consideration billboards and mm-hmm. yard signs. So you know, I really mm-hmm. I love a woman that can take a joke and run with I it. I literally saw um, Jonathan Van Ness. It was on his Instagram story one day yep. and said, "Whose is this?" And she goes, "It's mine. It's mine. I want an Emmy." Yeah, I just love that she just decided she wanted an Emmy. I love a. Just a decision to wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to do this thing, and then doing it. Like, I I don't really care what it is. It like, took just us, waking up right. being like, <laughs> let's do it. How long did it take us to actually start our podcast? Because we had that mindset. But I don't even care because, I mean, it's it's a thing. We did it. Yeah, and we're eventually. on season two. And we're on season we're two. We're on season two. Um, and unfortunately, she did not win. I mean, I... Kind of figured. <clears throat> right. But I love the the determination. Right. She was like, it's not an honor to be nominated. Nobody remembers nomin- nominees. Oh <laughs> and so she's creating a season two, and it's all about her revenge. Oh, my God. Perfect. Yes. She's just so fu- so funny. That's amazing. Um, and, I, so, and I love her. So I discovered her on Twitter, and I just she's just so funny. She has this, like, dark, terrible, satirical sense of humor. And so some of my favorite tweets are, face down, ass up. That's the way I want my open casket funeral. <laughs> idea celebrity price is right where Gwyneth Paltrow guesses that loaves of bread cost $460 oh Jesus <laughs> I always forget that Lance is short for ambulance oh my god no yes. so that is just a little bit of information on Megan Amram she definitely encompasses like all what I think is funny goals so I think that she she is gold. She's your goal crush. She's my goal crush. My girl crush and my goal crush. I love... Okay, but I love that. I almost just knocked over my coffee because I was so excited about the idea of a goal crush. Yeah. That's oh like... good. Like, you're... Like, you admire them and you want to be them and, like... Yeah. You want to be like them. Goal crush. Goal crush. I think <gasps> you just started something. Hashtag goal crush. Hashtag goal crush. Oh that was amazing. Thank you. I liked her a lot. Everybody should be a fan. She's a fucking... I love it. So I started off... Trying to research Joseph. Nope. I already fucked it up. His name is Joshua. Okay. Joshua, Joshua Tree. Mortimer Granville. What a name. Right? So he, I'm going to just bring you down this path and we're going to get to what we're actually talking about later, which is kind of more of a thing than a person. But yeah, this is short. I fell down this, yeah, I fell down this hole. It was fun. Okay. So Joshua Mortimer Granville was an English doctor in the late 1880s. Um, and then jo- he he invented something called the electric vibrator. Yes. Which was a handheld battery-operated device designed to relieve muscle aches and pains. Mm-hmm. That's what I use it for. It was originally called a percussor, or more colloqu- colloquially. Okay. Colloquially? Colloquially? More, okay, so it was called a percussor, or people also called it, and this is what I want to call my vibrator from now on until forever, Granville's Hammer. Let's only refer to vibrators from now on as Granville's Hammer. 
because that, okay. that, as, a, as a former Catholic, it makes me sound way less dirty. Granville's Hammer. I have to go get a new Granville's Hammer. So Granville's Hammer was manufactured and sold to physicians as, like I said, as a way to relieve muscle aches and pains. Mm-hmm. What many physicians did was relieve muscle aches and pain. Later. Used it. To, <laughs> you can't. Oh, if we go to spit in the kidney, you yeah. can. Many physicians used it to create hysterical paroxysm to many of their patients with female hysteria. This is the only thing that I'm okay with men not understanding <laughs> about the women's body. Right? <laughs> so do infected. you know what hysterical paroxysm is? Just being horny. <laughs> Oh, it's a fucking orgasm. Oh. (laughs) So this was used. So I googled hysterical paroxysm because I was like, what the fuck? Is that what I think it is? So basically doctors were using this equipment to create hysterical paroxysm, a.k.a. an orgasm, to many of their patients with female hysteria. So women were coming in, they were getting diagnosed with female hysteria, and the treatment of the doctors was to vibrate them into orgasm, and that was considered treat it <laughs> i want this to be a thing how did okay how did masturbation shaming come from this because this seems like a I really know, good idea exactly so so okay so hysterical paroxysm it was hypothesized that doctors from the classical era up until the 20th century commonly treated hysteria hysteria by masturbating female patients to orgasm um, and that the inconvenience of this may have driven the early development and the market for the vibrator so because it was too inconvenient for doctors to manually get these women to orgasm as a treatment for hysteria, the vibrator was created to make it easier. I think what this says For is what I presumably all the male doctors. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think this what, what this says is men find it an inconvenience to give women orgasms. It literally says in this document... And that the inconvenience of this may have driven the early development of and the market for the vibrator. And men, if you ever have the audacity to wonder why women prefer their vibrators, please reread this quote over and over and over again. I was dying laughing. I was like, okay, well, so basically came out of men being just fucking lazy. So... Uh, as the vibrators began to be used for bringing hysterical women to paroxysm, which is just kind of my new favorite way to say coming or like orgasm, like bring me to paroxysm. Oh, bring me to paroxysm. <laughs> oh, so close to paroxysm. Oh my God. Uh, sexy. Uh, the inventor tried to disassociate himself from these devices misuse. So basically oh. Joshua Granville was like, fuck, I did not create this for that purpose. Wait, Joshua Granville, you're saying you didn't create a vibrator for orgasm even though you totally created a vibrator for orgasm. Right. He just wanted to be used for aches and pains. It was the doctors that he sold it to that then decided to use it for that. Was he picturing it as like a massage? So yeah, you'll see in pictures, in advertisements and stuff, there's people holding it up to their cheeks. I'll get into it. So um, this is a quote from him. I have never yet percussed a female patient. I have avoided and shall continue to avoid the treatment of women by percussion simply because I do not wish to be hoodwinked and to help mislead others by the vagaries of the hysterical state. So not only is he saying that he does not use it for that and that he doesn't want it used for that, he doesn't want to use it for that because he doesn't want to be hoodwinked by the hysterical state of women. So somehow it's still women's fault. <laughs> still women's fault. Women, it is your fault that men don't want to give you an orgasm. <sighs> so vibrators began to be marketed for home use in magazines from around 1900 together with 
other electrical house goods for their supposed health and beauty benefits. It is beautiful. So an early example was the Vibratil. So this is literally still, people are just like buying, these are being advertised as like, use it on your cheeks, get rid of wrinkles. Wink, wink. But, yeah, but like, <laughs> um, and so then it's, uh, an early example was the Vibratil, an advert which appeared in McClure's Magazine in March 1999. March 1899, that's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, it was a cure for neuroglia, headaches, and wrinkles. These advertisements, advertisements disappeared in the 1920s, possibly because of their appearance in pornography <laughs> and growing understanding of the female sexual function, making it no longer tenable for mainstream society to avoid the sexual connotations of devices. Porn on Tumblr. I mean, yes. yeah, they had Tumblr back So then. basically they started appearing in pornography and then people started understanding that um, it basically made females fucking feel great and they were like, this is no longer appropriate for mainstream society. PSA, everyone deserves an <laughs> orgasm. Stop shaming women for wanting orgasms. You want them too. Let's just all come. I literally, literally. Literally. Like what is the big fucking deal of a woman having an orgasm? If I have an orgasm, I am nice for the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm I mean, it could solve a lot of problems. Seriously. I just think it's hilarious that the reason that they end up, like, taking these things away or, like, they tell themselves that they're not, like, associated with it is because because they're just, like, it's all... The women like it too much. Take it out of mainstream society. We're making women happy. We shan't. We shan't. (laughs) Okay, so then during a sexual revolution in the 1960s, a man named John H. Tavel applied for the patent of the cordless electric vibrator for the use on the human body. That is the title Mm. of the thing. Cordless electric vibrator for use on the human body, which ushered in the modern personal vibrator. So John Tavel was a pretty straightforward guy. He was like, pretty straightforward what we guy. should do is we should give this to more women and we should also take off the cord because that's a hassle. <laughs> yeah, I hate having to plug my vibrator in. Um, so the patent application referred to an earlier patent dating back to 1930 for a flashlight that had a shape that left little doubt to a possible alternative use. So apparently there's a flashlight that was invented back in 1930. A flashlight? A flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> back in 1930 that um, the shape of it offered alternative uses. And this John Tavel guy was like, hey, let's take that shape and let's do more with it. <laughs> let's do more. Let's do more. And also do it. Okay. So then the cordless vibrator was patented on March 28th, 1968, and was soon followed by such improvements as multi-speed and one-piece construction, which made it cheaper to manufacture as well as to clean. Because we're all about cleaning your vibes. Yeah. We need to clean your vibes, ladies. Uh, Don't get yeast infections. It's for your own good. For your own good. Always pee after sex and always clean your vibrators. Uh, PSA brought to you by... Vaginal Health of America. <laughs> Hannah and I are opening the Vaginal Health Directive. <laughs> we have all two, our money. It's two main main theories. Or main, um, what would we say, mottos? Or? I don't know. We obviously clearly are ready to open up our own directive. <laughs> 80s and 90s. Vibrators become increasingly visible in mainstream pop culture, especially after a landmark episode of Sex in the City, in which Charlotte becomes addicted to the rabbit vibrator. I've actually seen that episode. It's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> um, in a segment on Oprah Winfrey back in March 2009, Dr. Laura Berman recommended that mothers teach their 15 and 16-year-old daughters the concept of pleasure by getting them vibrators. I wouldn't really, like, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I wouldn't want my mom buying me one. My sister bought me my first one. Okay. 
Okay. So. I can get behind that. I just thought it was funny the way that it was phrased is like, you know how your mom takes you out to like get your first bra? Yeah. In theory. (laughs) And then it's like, let's pick up a vibrator while we're on the way, darling. Like, it should be like that. I mean, really, really. I mean, I just don't want to talk about sex with my mom. But there's some moms out, like Jill would probably Yeah, Jill would definitely do it. My mom's just too Catholic. My mom would just be like, I, we can talk about it all you want. And I'd be like, mom, no! Like, when I was 15, 16, I'd be like, my mom tried to give me the sex talk multiple times, to which I just went, no, please stop talking. I also liked that the, the Dr. Laura Berman lady said that they should teach them the concept of pleasure at 15, 16 by getting them a clitoral vibrator. Not even mm. a, not, not just like a dildo or like a, a dildo. A dildo. Just a, just a fancy old vibrator. Did you, have you seen that video of mine from, have you seen any of my Her Campus videos? There's one on it where it's like a. <laughs> We're looking at each other directly in the eyes right I know. now. <laughs> I don't know why. I have intimacy issues here. It really just felt fine to me, but um. <laughs> I did realize that I'm kind of, I don't really look in people's, like, eyes directly. Now I can't stop looking in. I know. Now I feel like it's just normal and we're just going to look at the ceiling. No, but in the video, I talk about excuses to get out of talking to your relatives at, like, holidays. Yes. And one of them, this is not a funny joke. I bet I'm going to find it funny. This, uh, one of them was like, oh, when your when your aunt Kathy asks you about your boyfriend, you go, oh yeah, I have, have you met my new boyfriend, Dill? Dough? <laughs> so I think that's stupid. It was so stupid. It was really stupid. But uh, that's a video that's on the internet. It, it exists today. Um, my mom didn't appreciate that joke. I think it's hilarious. I thought it was super funny. I think it's funny. Um, also, it's not the first time someone's made that joke, but I appreciated it. Oh. Well. I definitely did not make it up, I don't think. Oh. If I, I did, wow. I fantastic. Goal, hashtag goal crush. Goal crush. Um, okay, back to vibrators. Research published in an issue of the Journal of Sexual Medicine demonstrates that 53% of women in the United States ages 18 to 60 have used a vibrator, uh, which I kind of thought was low, but you know. Wait, what was the percentage? 53%. Only 53%. Right. Ladies, get your vibrators. 2010 study by the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy found that 43.8% of heterosexual males in the U.S. have used vibrators. of them had done so as foreplay with their partner. Um, Among non-heterosexual men, 49.8% have used vibrators. I think women need 45 minutes of foreplay to truly get off. And and you know what I don't understand? (laughs) Here's what I don't understand. Sex feels great. So why rush it? Sometimes. Well, right, but, like, why rush it? Why are guys so eager to just get to the point? Like, sex feel, sex is supposed to feel great for both people, so why not enjoy 45 minutes of foreplay? See, and I've you only ever had sex with guys that want to get off really quickly, so in my brain, that's, like, normal. No. But the last couple I've had sex with are literally very, like, Sensual. let's make it last. Like, I let's make sure should. you're having fun. And I'm like, I am so into this, I can't, like... Like, this is sex. My sex brain doesn't work good. any... Right, okay, literally, I'm 25 years old, and in the past six months, I've literally been like, oh, I get why everybody wants to have sex all the time now. This feels awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll get there. <laughs> no, but I'm not kidding. Once, like, because I have been... I mean, even on the podcast, I've been a pro vibrator. Oh my god, yes. But like, men, I've had great sex the past couple months. I'm so jealous. If if you want girls to brag about how amazing you are, you need to prolong the foreplay. You need just put like obviously like you have to sometimes sometimes you need a quickie just because you just like do. Well, girls do too. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, people, like, yes, sometimes. sometimes. I mean, I think it's harder for girls to get right. off in a quickie, but they but don't, just they don't enjoy it. Sometimes you need to slip away at a party and go into oh a garage <laughs> and have Hannah catch you. Casual. I didn't catch you. I just sat outside because I knew what you, you were doing. doing. So in <laughs> essence, you caught me. I just wanted to sit by the fire. It just so happened you were having sex on the other side of the fire. Yeah. Not my fault. <laughs> That's fun. Do fun things with your partner. Have right. sex in weird places. I honestly feel like the bar is so low at this point that like... For me, showing, yes. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> For like women to be like, oh my God, that's a great thing. Like, like you're showing any interest in... Fantastic. Like that should be normal. Right. My gynecologist said my cervix was gorgeous. I'm just saying. My gynecologist, who's also your gynecologist, told me that I am on top of my sex life. Hell yeah. She literally was like, you seem to have like everything together and it doesn't seem like you're like worried about coming in here. You just seem very like, let's get right. the, all these tests done and let's just get our shit together. She's a cool guy. Well, she's fucking awesome. I love her. Seriously, I love her. I'm not kidding. We have the same one. Yeah, no, we do. It's yeah. fantastic. Anyways, anyway, go to your but, gynecologist. Go to your gynecologist. Go to therapy. Go to therapy and get a good gynecologist. Yeah. It's life changing. Also follow Megan Amram. And follow Megan Amram. Amram. <laughs> on Twitter and Tumblr apparently. Vibrators. Vibrators. Oh, the rest of this paragraph is nonsense legal stuff. Mm -hmm. So until recently, many American Southern and some Great Plains states banned the sale of vibrators completely, um, either directly or through laws regulating obscene devices. On Valentine's Day 2007, a federal appeals court upheld Alabama's law prohibiting the sale of sex toys. Fuck the, Alabama. Right? The law was called the Anti-Obscenity Obscenity Enrollment. Oh, my God. Enrollment. The Anti-Obscenity Enforcement Act of 1998. So this is 98. Okay. Stop being <laughs> obsessed with women's vaginas in a negative way. So dumb. Um... In February 2008, U.S. Federal Appeals Court overturned a Texas statute banning the sales of vibrators and other sex toys, deeming such a statute as violating the right to privacy guaranteed by the Fourth Amendment. The appeals court cited Lawrence v. Texas, where the U.S. Supreme Court in 2003 struck down bans on consensual sex between gay couples as un unconstitutionally aiming at enforcing a public moral code by restricting private, intimate contact. So basically, there are people that are trying to overturn this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... Similar statutes have been struck down in Colorado and Kansas. As of 2009, Alabama is the only state where a law prohibiting the sale of sex toys remains on the books. So, though Alabama residents are permitted to buy sex toys with a doctor's note. Still. In 2018. Is oh. that what you're telling me? It's saying as of 2009. <clears throat> okay. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck Alabama men. Fuck <laughs> Fuck them. Let women have... Stop being obsessed with... Why would you not want a woman to have an orgasm? That's just what I'm saying. Like this, In essence, that's what you're saying. You're trying to control women and not let... A, orgasms are great. Orgasms are great. Why, why not? Hysterical paroxysm. Exactly. It's all we want. I just want some paroxysm. My lord. I just... Okay. We're almost done. American bioethicist? He's a bioethicist? Mm. All about those ethics? Yes. Uh, and medical historian Jacob M. Apple has argued that sex toys are a social good and that the devices, which he refers to as marital substitutes, play <laughs> an important role in the emotional lives of millions of Americans. He has written, and then this is quoted, he has written. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he wrote, I cannot say whether more Alabama women own vibrators than own Bibles. 
If I were guessing, I would suspect that a majority derive more use out of the vibrators. Certainly more pleasure, nor does there appear to be any remotely rational basis for keeping sex toys on the hands of married adults, single adults, or even children, now that we're relatively confident that masturbation does not make little girls go blind or cause palms to sprout hair. Exposure to sex toys shouldn't harm them. On the list of items that I might not want children to be exposed to in stores, guns, matches, poisons, junk food, sex toys are far down on that list. Seriously. Which is how I wanted to end it. <laughs> and that's so true. I just don't understand the obsession. If you are as angry as I am about the world trying to control women's sex life, read the purity myth. You will be even angrier, but still. I mean. <laughs> I don't have a solution for your I anger. Just I just have ways to incite more anger. <laughs> it's a very insightful book about how truly obsessed people are with women's virginities, and it's absolutely sick and disgusting. Also, go Vote. Vote. Vote pro vagina. Fucking vote. Vote pro vagina. V for vagina. <laughs> vote for V. V for vagina. Okay, maybe that's the title of this. V for vagina. <laughs> okay, vagina. and then I did want to show you. So I'll just post. We can post these pictures. So this is a um a demonstration of <laughs> someone yes, using lady a vibrator. Lady? But yes, this is a woman demonstrating how you would use the vibrator that's on the a lady. That's the person I want to come to do a home sale. Right. Um, this was an ad for Polar Cub treatment, really, so, Polar, Cu Polar Cub was a brand of vibrators, and this ad says, Polar Cub treatment really does remove wrinkles and hollows, Polar Cub electric massage is splendid for your scalp, Polar Cub <clears throat> electric massage is recommended for nervous disorders, it brings instant relief in cases of headache, fatigue, and general nerviness. Mm. Order a Polar Cup vibrator today. And the ad is literally a bear putting it up on his cheek, just looking happy as shit. Well, <laughs> I think that bear might be using it in other places. So we'll post this picture. I just love this guy at the top. It's great. Enables you to enjoy massages at home, invigorates the nerves and entire system, benefits the complexion, the scalp, banishes soreness. Invaluable after bathing or exercise. Mm -hmm. I just thought mm -hmm. these were so funny because it looks like a phone. It, like, it looks wow. like a rotary phone. That is a phone. complicated vibrator. <laughs> it, uh, 2010 and beyond, most normal modern era vibrators have many accoutrements. Accoutrements. Uh, they contain electric-powered devices that pulsate and throb. They run on batteries while others have a power cord. And then the Wikipedia um, entry literally broke them all down into categories of like all the different kinds of vibrators that there are and damn there is a lot hell yeah ladies get that get that orgasm yeah make them legs shake you should <laughs> and that we will end on <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i want everybody screaming that tonight Okay, so that was Joseph, that was sort of Joseph Mortimer Granville, but in Most reality, it became, his Wikipedia entry is literally just this first tiny paragraph. Which is exactly what he didn't That's want. all I fucking wanted. Was, I wanted to learn about the, I literally Googled inventor of vibrators. Nice. And this guy came up, and then it was like, he wants nothing to do with it. So, and now that is what he's known for. Joshua Mortimer Granville, who I think I also just called Joseph again. Oh, well. Uh, that was amazing. That Good, I'm glad that you liked it. So I was worried because it became kind of a thing and less of a person, but... No, my God, I don't think we, there should be any rules on this podcast. I think that we don't... Let's not limit it to interesting people. Let's See, just limit 
it's no limits, just interests. Just interests. No limits. Let's just do Hashtag like, no limits, just interests. Hashtag no limits, just interests. Like, it. literally, let's just do what we find interesting that we want to talk about. Good. I didn't think you were going to be like, Hannah, this is a thing. Hannah. And you're not talking about people you enough. You didn't do your research. <laughs> you copped out. It's typical of me. I take the assignment and I do it kind of wrong. <laughs> no. I mean, same, but I still graduated with honors. Exactly. But anyways. Anyway. Okay. Perfect. So. Thanks for hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Is that funny? That's funny. <laughs> okay.